everyone. Welcome to this roundup. Space-based systems and capabilities have become an essential component of the digital age as they provide important support to many of our daily activities. While the benefits are enormous and the advances in emerging technologies are creating new opportunities every single day, new risks have also emerged. For instance, many countries have developed warfare capabilities that can even threaten targeted nations' ability to use space. When countries are developing jamming and cyber warfare capabilities, directed energy weapons and more that can achieve a wide-ranging implication, there is a need to take a closer look at the evolution in warfare and in the development of superior warfighting platforms, weapons, and tactics. Now, in an age of electromagnetic warfare, everything is at risk. It is especially when it is not just the war domains that are evolving. War platforms and war weapons are evolving too. And at the core of this evolution are the emerging technologies that are fundamentally transforming warfare. The reason is because today, irrespective of countries or its components, electromagnetic interference and radio frequency interference consistently threatens any infrastructure, operations, platforms, systems, components, any kinds of equipments, and strategic security. Now, since electromagnetic warfare continues to evolve, the need for radio frequency security is becoming crucial. So please join me in welcoming Harshit Agrawal to Risk Roundup. Harshit is currently working as a radio security researcher. He's expected to come to the United States in the, in the coming few months, and he's for, for now based in India. Welcome, Harshit, Risk Group community, and I look forward to your presentation. Please go ahead and share your presentation. Yes, ma'am. Is my presentation visible, ma'am? Yes. Hello. Yeah. Yes, I can. So, uh, I really, really appreciate and grateful for being here. So, thank you to uh, Risk Group and Jaisri, ma'am, for giving me an opportunity and inviting me here to share my work and learning. So my title of this presentation is Weaponized RF in its role in uh, warfare operation. So before starting, like uh, there's a famous Einstein quote, if World War III were to come, it would lead to the end of civilization. So I know not know like with what weapon World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be definitely fought with sticks and stones. So there's a reason like why he said that. Now the topic is so broad and on top of that information on how these systems actually work are highly classified. So electronic warfare, which is uh, EW, which is commonly known as electronic warfare, is the use of any of the electromagnetic spectrum in an attack. So the electromagnetic spectrum includes everything from the X-ray to visible light to infrared to microwave and radio waves as well. So they are all of the same thing and only difference is in the wavelength. So uh, again, like signal intelligence, which is the intelligence gathering by interceptions of signal, whether communication between people or from electronic signals, not directly used in the communication. Like uh, we have technical communication, which is being used by military as well. Uh, we have like in our uh, common life, we have GSM signal, which is used by our, in our daily life. Like we used for making phone calls to send SMS. Uh, we use signals to, for, to browse internet like the Wi-Fi routers 
वी हैव ब्लूटूथ इन बिल सो दिस ऑल सिग्नल्स कैन बी इंटरसेप्टेड एंड देर आर सो मेनी इंफॉर्मेशन विच कैन बी इंटीग्रेटेड फ्रॉम दोज सोफिस्टिकेटेड डेटा सो लेट सी सम ऑफ द टेक्निक्स ओवर हियर दिस इज ऑल अबाउट मी आई एम वर्किंग एस एन आर एफ सिक्योरिटी रिसर्चर सो थैंक यू मैम फॉर इंट्रोड्यूसिंग मी माय एक्सपर्टाइज इज इन आर एफ सिक्योरिटी ड्रोन सिक्योरिटी एंड आई ओ टी सिक्योरिटी सो प्रीवियसली आई हैव प्रेजेंटेड इन कॉन्फ्रेंसेस लाइक आर एस ए डेफकोन हेकिन पेरिस और एच आई टी बी सिक्योरिटी कॉन्फ्रेंसेस वेयर आई हैव कंडक्टेड वेरियस ट्रेनिंग और वेबिनार रिलेटेड टू ऑन दिस पर्टिकुलर टॉपिक्स सो इफ यू हैव एनी क्वेश्चंस इन और आफ्टर दी सेशंस यू कैन कनेक्ट विद मी ओवर ट्विटर लिंक्डइन और सेंड मी एन ईमेल सो क्विकली मूविंग फॉरवर्ड दिस आर सम ऑफ द टॉपिक्स लाइक व्हिच वी आर गोइंग टू डिस्कस टुडे सो वी विल स्टार्ट विद द एरा ऑफ कन्वर्जेंस लाइक व्हाट आर द डिफरेंट वी हियर अबाउट साइबर वी हियर अबाउट इलेक्ट्रॉनिक वॉरफेयर वी हियर अबाउट जेमिंग सो व्हाट इज द इंटरकनेक्शन बिटवीन ऑल ऑफ दोस थिंग्स लाइक द when we talk about the multi domain operations so we will take a glimpse of it after that we will quickly move forward to electronic warfare fundamentals so uh, like uh, electronic jamming we have electronic support electronic attack so how are those things integrated and what are the meaning of those things after that we will talk about the space warfare uh, the strategy and tactics so this is the like uh, main topic of this particular presentation focusing on the rf side of attacks then we will talk about the future of warfare like uh, what is yet to come in the future like uh, we hear about the drone swarms we hear about the slaughter boat we hear about the connected soldiers so what are some of the challenges which we as an uh, risk group as an like uh, advisory or uh, we as a security researcher need to address in the future so modern military forces like rely heavily on a variety of complex high technology electronic offensive and defensive capability ew is a space sliced domain that enhances many air and space functions at multiple level of conflicts so in this session like we will discuss about all of these things so let me start with uh, the convergence so in convergence of electronic warfare and computer network exploitation or attacks within the radio frequency spectrum so um, it describes like how the integration of ip capability in systems using radio frequency for communication provides attacker the ability to exploit system on isolated network so uh, unlike like uh, cyber and ew protection teams which are focused on vulnerabilities within their respective areas adversaries are focused on achieving desired effect and end state goal so this threat is highlighted by oversight in software and communication system which developers can uh, recognizing uh, vulnerabilities introduced during the integration of hardware and software so here in this uh, particular slide you can see how computer network organizations uh, cne team like cyber operations signal intelligence electronic warfare are integrated so again before starting with any warfare or any military operation it is very important to have the maximum of information so it's like the uh, military which is having the more information will is uh, is having a more chances to win than the army which is having a very good military weapons like the uh, guns tanks that will not matter but the information which we have that matters a lot so that comes all under the psychological warfare so it's like uh, today like a uh, facebook post a uh, twitter post or uh, they have more potency to uh, do an exploitation rather than a gun and a missile can 
so it's like a information warfare bubble which is we are facing in a nowadays so uh, like if i take a simple example in india we have faced a riots during the 26th january so it was all created in the psychological domain same thing happens a very often with the um, indo china border same thing happens with the uh, israel and gaza things so it's i should not take the uh, physical names of the countries but it's like the psychological is uh, deception is very often so it in within psychological or deception if we are talking about the web mail spam or publishing something on the website that also comes under the cyber operation as well as if we talk about the spoofing telecast something so that also comes under the deception but also it's a part of electronic warfare and deception oh sorry uh, spoofing can also be a part of a cyber operation so let me take an example let's say if i am spoofing the signals like what kind of signals uh, radar signals i am receiving so based on that i can uh, identify what kind of radar enemy have so that is a part of electronic warfare but at the same time if i am using that spoofing technique to know uh, like about the uh, what trust in uh, what information i am broadcasting on my ip related network or what information i have been broadcasting uh, within uh, what i am in browsing through internet so that is a part of uh, this cyber operation so this is how like it uh, differentiate between uh, differentiate between ew and cyber operation while at the same time they are integrated in the same way like a signal in uh, signal intelligence if we see so electronic support cne all are the part of signal intelligence as well as cyber operation or electronic warfare so it's very important to understand like the era of convergence now it might sound like uh, this may be like okay it's not a big deal but okay let me uh, let's check this particular slide so this is uh, here you can see an image which is published by nato which means multi domain operations so it was the previous case scenario like a decade ago when we used to say that air domain uh, navy these three are all different operations but now it's all integrated so on the uh, left side like you can see the research scary uh, novel so it's the the same situation how it started and now how it's going so nato defines electronic warfare a military action that exploits electromagnetic energy both actively and passively to provide situational awareness and create offensive and defensive effect so it is a warfare within electromagnetic spectrum which involves military use of electromagnetic energy to prevent or reduce an enemy effective use of ems while protecting its uh, use of for friendly forces so uh, let's me let me take an example let's say we have two enemy force uh, two army standing in front of one another one is trying to let's say uh, army a and army b now army a wants to perform a jamming attack while it also wants that his own friendly forces should not be affected by jamming attack so let's say uh, if i am jamming uh, on a frequency of let's say uh, 100 megahertz just for an example so on that 100 megahertz we will see a large noise now due to that noise it's very uh, common that even my devices will not be able to communicate as well as enemy devices will not be able to communicate so what are the tactics like through which i can communicate but my enemy forces can't so here like we can use the tactics like uh, we can uh, have the signature of the noise we can transmit the uh, signal with the noise but at the same time like our friendly forces no okay this is the noise signature which we are broadcasting so we can decrypt uh, we can decrypt or uh, in match them like we can subtract that particular noise from the original raw signal in that way my friendly forces can communicate 
but enemy forces can't so this all comes under the electromagnetic spectrum now again uh, one more possibility is like let's say if we have enemy forces spread all around the uh, ground where we are going to have a, a battle so there if say if i am having a radar if i am using the tactical radio so that particular stuff is leaving some kind of rf signature which is same like uh, what we have in uh, uh, what we have as a passive radar in our um, submarines yeah so in submarines like what happen i actively i am actively listening if i am broadcasting something if i am trying to uh, broadcast a radar that okay if to know like the enemy locations at that time my enemy will also know that i am located over here i will know their locations but they will also know my location so in uh, submarine city is very active technique that we are good listener we don't broadcast but listen so same thing apply over here as well if we are listening for all of the electromagnetic spectrum if we are uh, monitoring it then we can know on what frequency what type of communication is going on we can work towards the decryption of that type of communication and we can potentially find some information or we can like uh, locate the enemy look okay uh, this is the location where they are located like using the triangulation methods uh, tdoa toa so all of these techniques can be applied to localize the troops so quickly moving forward uh modern military forces like uh, forces are required to operate in an increasingly complex eme spectrum which has recently been opera- uh, recognized as an operational environment so all modern forces conduct operation that depend on some kind of uh, eme like the electromagnetic uh, uh, environment so here we can say uh, there is two things one is electronic warfare second is signal intelligence as we discussed before so uh, signal intelligence is like based on sources of information from electromagnetic interceptions like radar communication which are coming from different sensors so that sensors can be space or satellite based air platform uh, manned or unmanned aircraft or ground based platform so by extension like signal intelligence refer to all the processing activities of this type of information which include collection evaluation analysis and dissemination so this task scope for singint is uh, to detect and analyze and compare with a previously built database so the em uh, spectrum like for understanding the enemy organization like how, what are the they planning or what are the changes which they are going to make so based on the rf signature we can identify their moves so a simple example can be let's say if i am flying a drone if i am taking the rf signature of that particular drone so i can identify okay these drones belong to this particular category because this is the rf signature which it is emitting so same type of research was also published by carnish melon where if we are touching any object so based on the em energy which is uh, emitted by that particular iot device or any device we can identify the object so in the same way like we can understand here the concept of signal intelligence for the army now here in this image like you can see what are the different components of uh, electronic warfare like electronic attack is there electronic protection is there uh, electronic warfare support is there so you might be already familiar with many of these terms but any military action which involve the use of electromagnetic energy or directed energy here can be thought of as an uh, all these three categories so in attack like we use uh, electromagnetic energy or directed energy or anti uh, radiation weapons to attack personal facilities or equipment while in protection we use uh, the actions to protect personal facilities or equipment 
in support we provide the support so that uh, enemy or our friendly forces can attack on the devices so let's say if i am going to uh, attack in some capital of the enemy so before like definitely enemy radar enemy radars will be there so they can easily locate my airplanes as well and my fighter jets as well so in that time like electronic support comes in a play which we uh, where we have some jamming radars inbuilt in the uh, fighter jets so they can uh, jam the radar then my friendly forces can easily enter in the enemy capital so this is how like we can understand the attack protection and warfare so this is like the so far the basics of or the very fundamentals of uh, electronic warfare and signal intelligence but now we need to uh, think from a very broad perspective about the space warfare so movies portray wars in a space like much they do on earth so star fi uh, star fighters uh, we have heard about dog fight so with unlimited maneuverability and range troop transports drove from orbit to celestial surfaces to deliver space marines but that is not how a real space uh, war will took place so uh, space to space engagement in a modern conflict would be fought solely with uncrewed vehicles controlled by operators on the ground and heavily constrained by the limits which impose like uh, the physics or a moment in space so how to think about a space war that's a big question so let's say a uh, war fighting on earth typically involves competitors which involve like a uh, fighting to dominate a physical location uh, opposing military forces fight to control the land sea and air over a certain part of earth to expand influences of other people or resources so space warfare does not follow this paradigm satellites in orbit do not occupy or dominate a single location over time instead satellite provides capabilities like such as communication navigation intelligence gathering to earth based military therefore to control space uh, is not necessarily to physically conquer of space but rather to reduce or eliminate advisory satellite capabilities while also ensuring one restrains the ability to freely operate their own space capabilities so the weapons used to achieve these goals can be either ground based either space based or can be reversible or irreversible uh, so furthermore like space weapons type ranges from kinetic which must physically affect a target to stand off weapon which can reach a target many miles away so let's see like what are the different uh, space counter measures and what are the different weapons and how does it work so if we discuss about the first thing which is the kinetic uh, uh, physical counter space so this is like a weapon which attempt to strike directly or detonate a warhead near a satellite or ground station so the three um, main of, of forms of kinetic attacks are like a direct scent asset uh, co orbital asset weapons and ground based uh, station uh, attacks so direct ascent of weapons can are launched from earth on a suborbital trajectory to strike a satellite in orbit while uh, co orbital ascent weapons are like first placed into orbit and then later maneuvered into or near their intended target while attacks on ground stations are targeted at the terrestrial sites like which are responsible for uh, command and control of satellites or the relay of satellite mission data to users so kinetic physical attacks tend to cause irreversible damage to the system which is affected and demonstrated a strong show of force that would likely be uh, attributable and publicly visible so that's why like um, when we talk about the space warfare kinetic physical attack is like uh, very easy to do 
but again that will be very uh, visible so right now like countries like uh, usa russia china and india these four countries have successfully tested directed uh, asset weapons now when we talk about the non kinetic physical uh, counter space so that kind of weapons have physical effect on satellite or ground system without making physical contact so that means like uh, laser can be used to temporarily dazzle or permanently blind the sensors on satellite or cause components to overheat now high powered microwave weapons can disrupt the satellite electronics or can cause permanent damage to electronic circuit and process in a satellite so a nuclear device like which is detonated in space can create a high radiation environment and in electronic magnetic pulse so it was like uh, i think uh, 20 years before or 30 years before there was one doctrine which was published by us army which uh, addressed like if there's an emp attack which is uh, in the space like let's say if we are uh, nuking the nuclear bomb in the space let's say 100 uh, kilometer or 140 kilometer or a uh, height that will uh, have a diverse effect like that will uh, turn off all the electronics all the lights of the united states like that particular area it will cover so we can understand like what emp attack uh, effect uh, in emp attack can have if we have a space warfare so a satellite uh, lasing systems require high beam quality adaptive optics uh, which can like go through the atmosphere and advanced pointing control to steer the laser beam precisely so technology uh, up to date precision is very costly and very sophisticated so a laser can be effective against a sensor on a satellite if it is within the field of the view of the sensor making it possible to attribute the attack but again uh, there are uh, like geographical constraints which we need to address and again uh, let's say uh, there is again one more constraint like which is the now whenever like if we i want to transmit some information up to some distance so that particular power and distance relation is like it is inversely proportional to a square so it's like uh, if i am transmitting uh, at a uh, let's say if my power is 100 kilowatt and i am transmitting up to a distance of 10 kilometer so after the receiver like let's say if there's a radar uh, power radar power transmitter is uh, 100 kilowatt distance is 10 kilometer the power need to be transmit reflected from that particular subject and again i need to receive the signal so at that time the uh, i the signal power like which i received is in picowatts so we can imagine like i am transmitting 100 kilowatt and i am receiving in picowatts if a distance is 10 km so uh, this distance in space warfare is not limited to a uh, 10 km or 100 km even like our iss is located at a distance of 400 km so we can imagine like what high power energy emp systems or lasers we will need if we want to do any kind of non kinetic wave attack so quickly moving forward uh, there is again like uh, electronic warfare which can be implemented in the space and the cyber attack so here like uh, electronic warfare uh, weapons target the electromagnetic spectrum through which space system transmit and receive the data so uh, one of the simplest example is the jamming like jamming devices interfere with the communication to or from satellite by generating noise in the radio frequency band so an uplink jammer uh, interfere with the signal going from earth to a satellite such as the command and control uplink while downlink jam and targets the signal from a satellite as it propagates down to the users on the earth so spoofing again is a form of electronic attack where the attacker tricks a receiver into believing a fake signal which is produced by the attacker so is the real signal is it trying to receive but a spoofer can be used to inject false information into a data stream 
uh, or in extremes so to infuse uh, like uh, false in commands to a satellite to disrupt this operation so user terminals like uh, with omnidirectional antennas such as uh, many gps receivers and satellite phones have a wide field of view and thus are susceptible to downlink jamming and spoofing from a wider range of angles so uh, electronic form of attack can be difficult to detect or distinguish from uh, accidental interference so making attribution and awareness much more difficult so we have seen like a gps attacks uh, in gulf war like that was the first uh, advanced uh, war which we have witnessed so again like uh, there is one uh, attack which can be implemented on satellite is cyber attack now um, cyber attack like tries to interfere with the transmission of rf signal so cyber attacks targets the data itself in the systems which are in use to transmit and control the flow of data so cyber attacks on satellite can be used to monitor data traffic patterns as well as intercept data or uh, insert false or uh, corrupted data in a system so this attack can target ground stations uh, end user equipment or the satellite themselves so while cyber attacks require a high degree of understanding of the systems which are being targeted they do not precisely require any significant resource to conduct the barrier of entry is relatively low and cyber attack can be contracted out to a private group or individuals so even if a let's say a state or a non state actor lacks internal cyber capabilities it may still pose a cyber threat because a cyber threat on space system can result in the loss of data or services which is being provided by a satellite which could have widespread systematic uh, effects it uh, used against a system such as like gps so these are some of the uh, attacks like which are the uh, can be thought of as a counter space weapons and again at uh, last year uh, in a month of uh, i think uh, in a december only uh, there was one doctrine published by the white house stb5 so which is especially addressing the space warfare how can uh, what are the tactics what are the rules and regulations which is needed from the us government like we have space force now so we definitely need some kind of rules and regulations some kind of uh, counter measures to for to prepare our army so still like till today we didn't hit any space related attacks but we need to be prepared so stb5 like uh, anyone can read about it now to understand like how these effects could play in a conflict there are a couple of key points which we need to understand so first challenge is the inter intensity dissipation so as i mentioned before like sn electromagnetic signal uh, where whether uh, radio frequency or light which is emitted from a source the intensity of the signal decreases with the square root of the distance from the source so that is the first challenge like which we need to address because an object which is 10 km from a source will only experience 1% of the intensity again uh, the second challenge is the precision so electronic warfare requires a large degree of precision to execute so in this constraint uh, context like uh, precision refer to how well an attacker match the signal or a focus on its target so for a jamming attack to be successful the attacker must transmit a jamming signal that matches the signal of the target receiver so either through jamming uh, signal um, or a large block of signal in hopes of hitting the right signal so which is like uh, known as brute force jamming or thoroughly especially matching the targeted signal so uh, there are like uh, three challenges which we need to face one is the matching a signal is a combination of achieving the right frequency polarization and signal strength now here the frequency of the signal refers 
to the number of time the signal oscillates through the space and is correlated the amount of data date can be carried so knowing the right frequency is very important second is polarization which means like which describes the direction the signal travel as it moves through space now signal strength is uh, important because a jamming signal must be at least equality uh, strong as the targeted signal to cause interference so let's say if my uh, transmitter is transmitting on 100 uh, sorry uh, with 100 kilowatt of power just for an example any if i am trying to do a jamming attack of only 10 kilowatt so that is of no use because uh, it's uh, we can understand it like uh, i am speaking with someone and at the same time we have a loud speaker so if i want to counter that loud speaker my noise should be more than that particular loud speaker else my noise will uh, will not be audible so in the same way like we can understand the signal strength now spoofing attack like also require uh, even greater precision in addition to matching a signal frequency polarization and signal strength a uh, spoofer must also broadcast the right type of information on the signal so as an example uh, let's say suppose an attacker uh, wishes to use spoofing technique to transmit false troop location to a targeted system so for the attack to work the spoofer must know what signal to broadcast and give data uh, that is close enough to the truth as to be believable so the attacking spoofer must thoroughly understand both the signal itself and how the signal is intercepted by the target system to be effective so more can be like uh, initiated this insight the better we can understand the stakes of a geological file so that will definitely help in future so ma quickly like uh, here you can see the example like uh, the formula like how exactly i have calculated the kilowatt to picowatts thing so there are so many factors like uh, for the radar frequencies like bandwidth antenna transmitter receiver propagation the target frequency so these are some of the all factors like which may, uh, may, uh, matters a lot when we discuss about the jamming when we discuss about electronic warfare signal intelligence so these are some of the common factors and this is not only limited to the uh, jamming or electronic warfare the simplest example or the one of the biggest challenge for any military forces is to achieve the uh, stealth technology so it's like uh, we have a radar cross section which measures how detectable an object is by the radar so therefore it is called like electromagnetic signature of the object so a larger rcs indicates that an object is more easily detectable so here in this particular slide you can see some of the stealth uh, technology aircraft and on the left side of it you can see like what is the rcs value for that particular data so here we can see like uh, f35 is having a very limited signature while um, again uh, we have b2 uh, bird so they are having a f22 raptor that is having a even a 0.001 so it's like uh, on a radar we will only see a bumblebee which is flying around so that is how sophisticated rcs can be now uh, when we talk about the future of warfare so definitely like cyber warfare information warfare uh, we see electronic warfare command and control warfare spectrum warfare so there are uh, psychological warfare so there are so many different things and different challenges which we need to address in the future so from the technological perspective like we have to face so many different challenges now we have drone swarms now we need to address the uh, rf signature based attacks again uh, there are attacks like which are based on ai like ai uh, autonomous weapon like which is using the ai machine learning techniques so that is again one challenge we have augmented energy like the connected battle space uh, 
the uh, soldiers who are connected with the so many different sensors in their bodies so they can like easily integrate and transmit the information then again there is a very uh, high level of advancement in um, what should i say like rcs level drone swarms so slaughter bot is one of the example so there are so many different challenges like which we need to face in the future to address the warfare and out of all of them like uh, information warfare is at the severe like ransomware attack which is very trending right now but in the future what i see is like information warfare will be on the superiority so social media influence uh, news media influence so all of these things is a part of warfare and again like uh, i will take one simple case study over here to discuss about the future of warfare a uh, few days back like there was a news i think 3 or 4 months before wear a smartwatch like a smartwatch which we wear in our everyday life to track our uh, health data what kind of heartbeat i am having what uh, today like if i did something in gym so what uh, how many calories i have burned so for that particular purpose we are using the smartwatch so same thing happened with the starva which is a, a company based in usa now that particular uh, watch is been worn by so many different soldiers of the us army and all of the data like there is three things one is anonymized data one is pseudo anonymized and one is uh, identifiable data so that particular um, starva watch is recording the pseudo anonymized data because they are also recording the gps coordinate and the health data so based on that health data we can like easily uh, if we compare the uh, health data of someone in uh, athletics or someone who is in army to a civilian so definitely there will be a high range of difference between their heartbeat uh, between the calories like they are working the strength they have so based on all those data in the gps coordinate uh, it was something around 29 billions uh, uh, sorry 29 million data points so they have pointed those data using the data analysis tactics on a smart map so there like what they have identified is the data health data which is on the higher level like more than the civilians all are belonging to a one specific region now that specific region is not yet known because it was in the desert so when they uh, use the google map to and uh, there are like uh, now uh, many uh, different uh, software applications um, and many companies like which can provide real time satellite data if we pay them uh, $100 or $200 so on that particular charge uh, uh, by paying that much money we can get the real time satellite imagery uh, either of that day or a week uh, before that so they identified like okay this is a secret base of uh, us military so we can understand over here like just from a smartwatch which is worn by a soldier and those particular pseudo anonymized data which is uploaded on the kaggle or the data like a public data forum so that uh, researchers can perform the research on it from there we uh, they have like integrated with the uh, satellite imagery and they have identified the secret uh, base location so we can understand like uh, with the growing age of technology the growing iot devices connected soldier devices uh, all of these battle space environment what will be the future that is very easily uh, understandable over here so uh, quickly moving forward like uh, to conclude we can say that this increased degree of connection brings new method for increasing or influencing opposing forces so we have discussed the thought of increased cyber attack maybe there are other method that could be employed to disrupt the communication backbones so how will electronic jamming or other rf effects influence the total vulnerability they may become irrelevant due to the increased use of fiber or alternatively become increasingly powerful as the network transmission to uh, transmit transitions to wireless technology so the move to wireless technology obviously will open the door 
to increased use of jamming or other ew related methods but how would that construct influence military operation open air architecture bring that realm of vulnerability to the network uh, combine effects of electronic warfare and cyber to disrupt communication and even operation like will likely to be significant uh, requirement for military forces in the future so in conclusion like uh, the combined effect of non federated network like encoded uh, uh, data on the network uh, increased use of wireless network and advanced high power jammer will continuously push the realm of cyber and electronic warfare so the growth in these two realms will undoubtedly continue bringing changes to future warfare that will move the center of focus from kinetic operations to date of non kinetic so the threat of uh, overpowering cyber and ew forces will likely generate increased funding of non kinetic research in a shift in operational mentality so could this be the next cold war or just the unseen war so that's like uh, i will leave you with this question to think about um, this is all about me if you face if you have any questions you can definitely connect with me so the greatest victory is that like which required no battle so with this famous quote by sunju i will conclude this session uh, the presentation now there was wonderful harshit that was a great presentation and you address some very crucial points uh, about not only the challenges we are facing today but what the challenges will be in the coming tomorrow especially when we look at our ecosystem the convergence is not only between cyberspace and space the convergence is also between aqua space geospace and even the coming quantum space so the challenges that the status the state that you talked about you know the military operations and how where the you know warfare is leading the challenge is that as the convergence is going on between the all the different domains the convergence is also going on between nations its governments militaries industries organizations and you know individuals so if you look at the civilian sector or a commercial sector or a military everybody is everything is converging especially you know if you are looking at the cyberspace and the dependency on the space so if we talk about the dependency of military and perhaps you know commercial and civilian operations on electromagnetic warfare and electromagnetic surveillance that is the central facet of almost all activities as security forces around the world uh, they will have to integrate these electromagnetic warfare capabilities it not just military but the commercial and civilian everybody will have to integrate this capability into all their platform systems and components now since the systems are connected across all nations components how is the electromagnetic surveillance designed to protect the information environment of the entire nation the point that you made that you know it's very difficult to attribute the uh, whether it was an intentional or an intentional you know uh, warfare or the attack you know coming from the uh, any kind of spectrum so how are we design how can we design or how are we designing uh, the surveillance to protect the information environment of the entire nation because this is the digital age and if the electronics are attacked and the, the spectrum warfare you know is uh, accelerating then uh, what should nations be doing yeah so definitely like uh... any challenges which is involving the use of radio frequency it's a uh, very difficult to address those those kind of threats so when we talk from the military perspective like all of the devices like which military is preparing they prepare it from uh, like they also do a testing where they check for the rf leakage the rf signal leakage 
so it should be like any devices or any weapons that should have a minimum rf signature so that is why like whenever they develop any uh, military weapon or military fighter or si like if you remember uh, in my presentation i discuss about the rcs the fighter jets rcs the stealth technology so this is the radio frequency which is being broadcasted by the uh, let's say the heat signature which we have in the fighter jet the in the heat which is generated by the engine then again the communication or the jamming like the devices which we have in our uh, fighter jets so all of these rf signatures can be easily tracked and this is how like we design the missiles to track track the uh, rf signature so same challenge is like uh, right now which is being faced is with the drones so let's say like if we have the uh, fighter jets we can definitely with the smart design we can counter the still with the still technology but drones which is a very big threat right now because they are a very small in size it's very difficult to detect them on the radar so the rf signature for that particular drones is very limited like i would say like it's a uh, uh, we can imagine like if we are if we have the build radar to track the aircraft in the same if we are uh, if we want to track the drones which is like uh, hundreds of the size of the airplane or fighter jet so how difficult it would be and most of the drones are like right now made with the plastic body or very low components like a very small battery so that will have a very limited rf signature so that is again one of the uh, factor like which we need to address in the future like uh, definitely like there are many radars which are designed to be uh, to detect a drone or there um, but the uh, drone can only be detected in in exceptional circumstances like a small size would be one way but in order to be effective bigger is better now detection has many aspects and one of them is like uh, soon detection as soon as the detection happens it all of you need to stay undetected while you approach the target so only the frontal aspects needs to be considered if however you want to stay undetected for the whole mission the task becomes much more harder so uh, countering the rf attack like every time it's not so easy because yeah. one way or another it will be it will leave some kind of uh, rf signature again like yes. i will here bring uh, one more important point uh, to counter the rf signature now we have designed our weapon with the use of ai and machine learning so that uh, it cannot be it can like do the operation by itself and there will be no reverse communication with the command and control so this is like uh, the new way like army is addressing for the uh, reducing the rf based attack yes no that's that's a good point and uh, the point that you made about uh, autonomous drones and uh, that is a complex challenge because if you look at uh, the commercial sector most countries grids are you know uh, the ownership is uh, private it is not you know public in some countries they have you know public electric grids but if you look at the electric grid it is the center of gravity for any nation so how worried should any nation be of any such emp attack on their electric grids you know using the autonomous drones yeah so uh, autonomous weapons or like if you have seen about those uh, if you have heard about the slaughter boats so that particular drone is like designed to attack by itself like uh, the facial recognition technique is being used so on a very daily basis like we hear so many rf uh, sorry drone related attacks uh, today only like there was an attack in the uh, oman country uh, we hear about the drone based attack in the like uh, 
I think in a month of June we had a drone attack in Jammu Kashmir like where the army base was attacked then we had a drone attack like there are many sightings where drone is in a close proximity of airport so again in like as you mentioned about the oil field or the power plant so the uh, we uh, we have witnessed the drone attack on the uh, saudi arabia oil field i think last year that happened yes, uh, yes. yeah in armenia yeah so those kind of attacks is very familiar and we need to be prepared about it because see um, if i talk about the india only like case i am from here so if i take a consider here a case scenario so right now like hardly any army military bases are designed to detect the drone technology so mm. it's very difficult because we need a solution which need to be incorporated in each and every critical infrastructure systems which involve our power plant which involve our hospitals which involve our data centers government buildings like the parliament lok sabha um, army bases airport so it's not a one way or easy solution now again the threat is like if someone is planning to do a drone attack it's uh, hardly possibility like uh, the drone will come as a single entity drone swarm is there so yes. in that case like it's very difficult to if let's say if there is a one drone it might be easy for us to like uh, many people or many military forces can fire on it and uh, or throw the uh, net so if one drone is there it may be easy to neutralize it but if a drone swarm is uh, coming then we can imagine the situation like how difficult it would be because they are all autonomously uh, in autonomously flying they are in a number of 10 100 or maybe 10000s of uh, those drones so that is the challenge with uh, uh, those particular things yes absolutely that is a very complex challenge and that is why we need more people like you uh, the researchers who pay more attention they study you know what needs to be done where are the challenges and how we can prepare ourselves our country and our civilization so that you know we don't have to go back to the stone age so thank you so much harish for participating in this round up today we appreciate your thoughtful insight into the rf security and electromagnetic warfare and i'm sure our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from what you had to say today and as a result this risk round up dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that thank you so much thank you for inviting me yeah uh, thank you thank you so much and you're most welcome so risk group is a strategic security risk research platform and community through the risk round up initiative risk group and i are on a mission to talk with a billion brilliant minds the reason behind this effort is to research review rate and report strategic security risk facing humanity thank you for being part of the conversation until next time i'm jayshree host of risk round up sending off see you next time thank you